Perhaps, so you headed off to university to do engineering. I can tell you that that, even at age eight, would have been no surprise to me <laughs> that that was where he was going. He created a beautiful piece of Lego artwork that we put on the wall, and he only let me put it up under strict instructions that he got his Lego back. And I, like, I think I had it for a month, and it was like, no, I'm taking this off the wall, it's mine. Um, so engineering was no surprise, I guess, but engineering degrees are more than two years. Yeah. So what's happened? So around this time last year, I was camping with my friends and we were having a great time. I was ready to go back and do my second year at Cambridge. And then unfortunately, a bunch of us got ill um, and then we all recovered. And two days later, on September the 18th last year, I woke up again feeling unwell and I was really confused why I was so unwell. Um, and I didn't know what happened. I, I didn't eat or drink for two days straight. I didn't sleep for two days straight. I was so sick. And it's like my world was just like, okay, what's going on? And then it just continued for weeks and weeks. And I, it just hit me, this isn't going away. This, is just, this has just stayed. And so what's happened over the last year has been this journey of being quite unwell and trying to figure out what's what's been going on. So I tried to go back to Cambridge to do my degree and found that I was just unable to work. I was so ill. Um, I was spending a lot of the time in bed, just really sick, really nauseous, um, sometimes often unable to eat or drink properly. And it sort of went up and down and varied over, over the last year. I was referred for a number of medical tests. So I've had various cameras put down me and um, images taken, um, scans done, and they came back inconclusive. Doctors couldn't figure out what was, what was wrong with me. Um, and sort of around November time, I'd come home from uni because I hadn't been able to continue my degree. And I just sort of went on a really big mental decline. I couldn't I didn't know what to do with my situation. Like everything that I'd done before in my life had just collapsed. I couldn't do my degree anymore. I couldn't do the sports I used to do. I had to give up my climbing and mountain biking. My friends have all, all gone off to uni and I just found myself in bed. Just my life gone really weirdly and with no sign of recovery on the horizon at all. Um, so that was a bit of a bit of a shock and... Over Christmas time, my mental health sort of declined. What I didn't realise was some of the medication I was on was actually making that worse as a side effect. And I just remember one night very vividly just trying to go out for a walk. And just halfway through the walk, just this terror coming upon me. And I just, me were just running home because I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. What's, what's wrong? So I went to this really season where I felt really spiritually in, in, in this dark place. And thankfully... By God's goodness, I came out of that sort of in, in March time. But I, um, I received a prophecy sort of mid-December from Nancy at church. And she came up to me and said she thought God had something, God said something to her for me. And she gave me this very hopeful prophecy of a future potential healing and um, that God has got a good future for me. Um, and so that gave me the energy to keep to keep going through. And I... I thankfully made it out of the sort of the really dark place that I was in around March time the next year and still unwell, unfortunately. And then in July, 
I had another medical test done. I had to eat radioactive eggs. And of all the things, go to hospital, eat, put on a gown, eat radioactive eggs, drink some radioactive water. And then they took pictures of me um, for two hours to figure out, okay, what's actually going on inside of me? What's causing this sickness? And what they're able to see was that the food was going into my stomach and then it was just sitting there and not going anywhere. It was just stuck. And on the basis of that, they were able to diagnose me with a condition called gastroparesis, where the stomach is... It effectively means the stomach is paralysed. In my case, thankfully, partially paralysed. So it still had some function left in it. And what that basically means is you, you can't eat or drink properly, the food just stays in there for a long time, you can't process nutrition properly, and that's what manifests as sickness. Um, your body registers that as sickness. And I had, had difficulty swallowing, I lost the ability to swallow for a brief period of time. Thankfully, you recovered that, because that was quite scary. Um, and yeah, and so that sort of continued up until this last month, where it's gotten, unfortunately, a bit worse. Um, and that brings me to today. So... We've seen you over the last time since you've been back in Bristol. We've, you know, we've been here, we've been seeing you. You've been out. You've been behind, you know, the PA desk. You've been doing those things, and so I guess looking at you and looking on, everything's normal. Um, but I'm guessing that's not <laughs> not the case, and that's sometimes hard, I guess, for us as as we watch things when we see someone having good days to be able to kind of understand how that feels, to, to kind of balance. So can you give us a kind of idea of what a good day looks like and then what a, what a not-so-good day looks like? Yeah, so um, as you said, it does, it does vary all the time. So I have some days where it goes really well and I'm able to, to eat. Firstly, I mean, that's, that's the greatest joy, to be able to, to eat and not feel sick because I'm eating. And then to be able to go out and get out the house and be out of bed and to see people is just, it, it's light and day because, you know, the friends I have in my life, my family are just the most amazing, incredible people. And so to be in that environment around when I've seen my friends, it's just been like the most, I've had the most, in this last year, I've had the most joyful times amongst the most difficult times. And so that, that would be a good day being out of the house, being able to do some work actually have something useful to do, um, whether that was doing a bit of um, delivering parcels for Amazon for a brief period of time or um, being able to do a few lectures on my degree, those sorts of things. Those are good days. And then I had days, I've had days where I've been unable to eat, um, been so sick, my body just wouldn't accept food and been so nauseous. I can't, I, I would get, sit, try to sit up my desk and try and bring up a lecture in front of me and I'm just so sick I can't concentrate on the work in front of me, which is really frustrating. And then having to just lie down in bed. And sometimes it got so bad that I would be sort of tossing and turning in my bed, my body just trying to retch. Um, and it, it just going on for hours and hours. And when it, get, it got to that place, it got, I, got into, I get into very desperate states of mind. Um, states of mind where I just I get angry and I sort of lash out and I just can't... I don't, I, I can't cope with it. There are certain bits you can get used to with an illness, with long-term illnesses. People become, some people are very, very strong that I've seen online. Some people are, are amazing and are able to, to not get used to it in a way, but able to build their life around an illness and really manage well 
those people are incredible. I, I haven't, I, I'm not there at all. I'm just, it floors me every time. Uh, that, it's, it's, you know, it's terrifying, I guess, in my head, how I, I, I see it. But um, how, you know, as you, how have you managed? So those, men, those, you know, the really physical symptoms are there, but those mental health kind of challenges that it's come with, have you, um, how have you found kind of managing that? Are there, you know, things that you found that have been successful, things that you, that haven't worked in the slightest? <laughs> um, you know, are there any things that, you know, have helped you on that journey? Yeah, so the, the mental health side of it has been a really interesting journey and thankfully one that I, that I have come out of to a large extent. And I'm very thankful for that. So I went through, as I sort of realised my mental state was deteriorating, I was, it first hit me as a bit of a shock and be like, oh, this is what, this is what it feels like to be in this state. And people have, I've been around people who have been depressed at certain points. And I've never been able to really empathise with them and then to suddenly be in that state of, Oh, and that, now I feel like I understand a bit of what they might have gone through. Um, that was, so for, first of all, just hitting that shock. And then when that clicked in my head, it's like, right, I need to do something. I need to, I need to act. I can't stay in this place. This is not a place I want to stay in. And so I, I sought out the help that I needed to seek out. I, I made sure I, I, I told my family what was going on. I made people aware I would, when I was in a bad state, I would get up and talk. And thankfully, I've had the most amazing family to sort of look after me and to be there when I needed that support. Um, and I went through a period of uh, counselling sessions, online counselling sessions. I sought out help through the NHS. I've also discovered how unhelpful the NHS can be with things like that um, in certain times. So um, that, that was interesting. But there is there was some help available and I, I took that help that was available um, and God has provided amazingly for me in that. So I went down, down that path and I found, so I found dressing my thought patterns to be very helpful and a lot of the work I was doing was um, around addressing thought patterns and just really trying to connect, just trying to think around what you're thinking in a way and just see trying to reframe what you're thinking. And I found that really helpful. And then being with friends and trying to choose to do the things that I want to do, even when all the joy of those things seems, seems to be non-existent. Just keeping on pursuing those things which used to give you joy until eventually you start to come out of it and you're able to enjoy those things again. Thank you. It's such a, you know, it's really important that we recognise that what Joe's sharing with us is a big deal. And for many of us, you know, we haven't been there. I've not been there. And so, to, you know, yeah, we're really grateful that you're sharing this journey um, with your family because, you know, we are, we're church with you, we're your family. How's that impacted kind of what this whole last year, being part of a church, this church, but also at uni, having Christian friends, um, that kind of thing. How's that kind of impacted this? this last year so it's made all the difference i mean if there was a, a place i would choose a place and time and situation i would choose to be ill in this this would be it i've got the most amazing kind family who've looked after me all the way through this my friends have been amazingly kind um my friends both here and at university in cambridge um some of my friends decided to fast for me when i first got ill and they fasted for three days to sort of petition for healing 
and that was just incredible to, to have people do that for me and to have parents who are you know, willing to look after me and cook for me and, and help me get the nutrition I need when I can't eat properly. That's been really nice. And then the church, the wider church family, people who've, who've had words for me from God or have prayed for me in sports. I don't think I've ever been more prayed for in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and just to know that people are praying for me is just like, wow, that's so cool. Um, and I've, had, I've certainly had periods where, people, where I've gotten better for a few days and someone's phoned me and said, oh, yeah, I, was praying, I prayed particularly for you on, on, on these days. And there's just been this connection of, of um, better days and when people have prayed and when people have fasted. You know, that's just been incredible to see. And, be, and really ni- like, nice to, to be able to give that back to them and say, yes, your prayer makes a difference. And it, it has... It has so that's been yeah really really good it sounds like that's had a, a quite a big impact on your kind of personal faith journey i don't know do you want to just touch on a little bit about how your relationship with god over this last year has um, been impacted yeah so my faith has been on quite a journey i've always um i've always done a lot of thinking about my faith i like i like to think a lot and i um I've always wrestled with these things. I went through a period a, a year or two ago where I had a lot of doubt in my faith and I went through a period of looking for evidence for God and for reasons to believe and I went through that period and that was that has helped me build up a faith, a, a stronger faith. Um, and I don't think without that period I wouldn't have gotten through this last year. But yes, yeah, so my, my faith has been on quite a journey. So when I first got ill, I... I um, I'm trying to find the words. For this. I, I I just brought out all that I knew, all that I already had on the table, all the verses from the Bible which talk about suffering that I knew from the New Testament. I tried to bring them all out on the table, and I tried to read them, and I tried to look at that, and I just couldn't bring those to my situation. I thought, like these are these verses are really powerful, and these have been mentioned by people who themselves have gone through horrible suffering. But I just couldn't, I really struggled to connect it through to that situation. And then at that point I realised, okay, this journey might take time. Actually, I might not get the answers I want just from a surface reading of these verses from the Bible. Um, and so I went, began to go on a bit of journey to sort of pursue, okay, what if I look at these in more depth? What can I get out of them? So sort of, I've been on a number of, God has brought me on a number of steps throughout this last year, a number of stepping stones that have led to one another that have sort of kept me going and built me up in faith. So the first one, having my friends really fast and pray for me was incredibly kind of just seeing God's kindness at work in this situation through other people. Then um, when my mental health really started to go down into a decline, um, in the midst of that, in the middle of that season, um, Nancy and Graham came up to me at the end of church and said, I've, we think we've got a word from God for you. And they both felt on that day that they had something from God for me. And Graham was able to identify exactly what I was going through without me having told him. He was able to identify and say, you know, I, I think you've been going through a bit of depression, fatigue, anxiety, things around my illness that I hadn't really told people about. And he was able to say, I think I know what you're going through. And I was able to say, yes. 
And Nancy gave me this incredible prophecy of hope that she felt was from God, um, amongst things saying she thought that God had a future for me, which is really important to remember, and that there was hope of healing and that God is using this season not as a punishment, not as a... Um, not he hasn't left me it's not an absence of god it's not a punishment from god it's not a rebuke from god but that it would be some form of training that would enable me to do something with my future and i think that connection was really helpful to have that confirmed um and nancy gave me a verse from isaiah um from isaiah 43 verses one to two but now this is what the lord said He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I think that's just exactly what I needed to hear at that time, that God has called me my name. He knows all of our names and he has called us. And he will be with us through, through these difficult times. And so that kept me going through that dark season. Um, I then went through a period where I started to do more sort of on, on the theological side. I wanted to look into, get a better understanding of why would God allow these sort of things to happen? All the why questions. And I, I asked, I was very deliberate. I didn't just keep those to myself. I, I asked them directly to God. I asked them in prayer and I was like, God, I want an answer. I don't want this to just be a hypothetical question I use to bash you, God. I want to actually give you a chance to answer the question. And so I did that and I um, went to look through the book of Job. Uh, which is a very scary book uh, when I've looked, I've looked at it before. And I send, spent a season looking through the book of Job. I read a book called Suffering Wisely and Well by Eric Ortland, um, who was a guy I heard speak at my uh, university church, um, did a week away, and he spoke at that. And I, I bought this book, and this book goes through the book of Job and really brings out the riches that are in there. Um, and through that, I learned that God is in control of everything, including the suffering go through, but he is not the one who, he's not the one, he's not one who's inflicting suffering upon us. He's a God who has control of it and occasionally allows things to happen. But he's not the one who caused it. There are, there, are, there are good and bad forces at work. And God, is, God has control over the bad. And sometimes allows things to happen to us which are not good. And I think that, that was really important for me to just solidify that. Um, is it okay if I spend a bit of time looking at... Talking about what I learned in Joe, would that be okay? Of course it is. Go for it. We got a, just I thought there are some things I read in there which I just found really cool. I'm, I'm not one to really, I don't know much about it, but I just want to say what I found helpful reading through that book. Um, hopefully it'll make you a little bit less scared of reading through it. But I, so it starts off with um, Job being called, Job is like a blameless sign. If there's a good person, it's going to be Job. It's like he, the, the, the key point is God is saying, you know, this is a guy who, 
who loves me, who is righteous, who is who does all these good things, um, and who had been like a really strong lover of God all his life. And um, the devil comes up to God and um, says, the only reason why Job loves you is because you've given all of these good things to him and you, you've just blessed his life so much. Um, so if you, take, if you let me take it all away, then surely he'll curse you to his face. And so God says, okay. And through two rounds, he first takes away everything that Job has, all his family, all his um, possessions. He loses everything he has. And the second round of it um, was he loses his health. So it's, it's, it's this deeper attack on Job as he loses not only everything around him, but he also loses his own health, his own... And he's, he's, he's got suffering inflicted upon himself. And Job says after the first round, he says, um, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I don't want to put myself in Job's shoes by any means, but the weird thing was is when I got ill at the start in at the camp and this was just a viral bug i wasn't like i didn't i, I was I, as far as i knew i just got a viral bug and for some reason i felt it was a stupid thought in my mind i don't know why i was being overly dramatic but i decided to say that after i was you know while i was unwell and i just thought that's weird looking back at that year how they said that the lord has given the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord i just found that really weird how i just felt i'm to say that anyway and then job basically mopes and despairs of his life. He says, I wish I'd never been born and proceeds to just curse the day of his birth because that's how desperate he is and how he longs for death. A death it doesn't come, but he won't, he won't curse God. He won't turn his back on God. Even his wife tells him, curse God and die. He's like, I'm not going to do that. And he questions God and throughout the whole book and the book of Job is long supposedly because his suffering was long and so it takes a long time to read through while his friends come to him and try and fail to comfort him. Um, and then skipping towards the end of the book, um, Job is just in this state where he thinks, God hates me. God is just against me. He, I, I don't think I've done anything wrong, but God is just... I've lo- he's most sad not because of the suffering he's going through, but because of... God, it's God's supposed absence from him. That God has left him. He's lost the one who's he, who he loves more than anything. And he's, he just can't cope with that. And he just wishes that someone would come and mediate between him and God. Um, and then God eventually answers him. And God's answer to him is incredible. He starts by, he doesn't answer Job's direct question. He says, no, Job sit down, I will answer you. you listen, li- uh, li- listen, not I will answer you. I, sit down and I will question you and, and, and you will answer me. And he basically goes on this, gives Job this tour of the world and says, look at all these, look at the stars in the sky, look at nature, look at the goodness in nature. Could, do you understand anything about how nature works? Do you understand anything about the stars in the sky? How, how things operate? He gives him this wild tour and says, do you understand any of these things? Um, and Job's sort of answer to this, this long list of all, these, all the goodness in creation is just to humble himself. And he, he withdraws his complaint against God. So he realizes actually 
No, creation paints a picture of God which is good. Despite all the horrificness of this world, the picture we have of our world is good. And therefore we know that whoever is ultimately in control must be good. Our world is not good with, our world is not chaos with some good in it. Our world is good with chaos in it. And that gives Job the ability to say, just to be humble and completely withdraw his request and complaint against God. But his situation is not totally resolved. There's a second wave of this where God then says, okay, now look at evil. Why is this evil? Why is this evil happening? And God basically shows him um, all of the, he that there is evil in this world and C is often used to represent that sort of chaos, but I have limited the sea. There's a shoreline to the sea, and the sea might rage and wail, but there is a shoreline, and I have placed this shoreline. I have placed limits upon evil. I have bounded the evil in this world such that it, it can be allowed, but I have that ultimate control, and I am the one who is going to defeat evil. I am against evil. Job thinks God is this torturous person towards him, but God is saying, no, I hate evil. Evil is apart from me. And I just found that, I was just, when I read that, I was just like, wow. That's like, just to know that to be true and that God has written that for us so that we can be confident of that fact is like, that's so cool. So that was my, I, that was my sort of journey through Job and I've learned a little bit of that book and I just think that it's so incredible when you draw that out of it. pretty awesome it's really as you as you talk about that I sit there and think you're living in that tension right now of of suffering and pain and uncertainty but you also talk about that prophecy that Nancy gave you of hope and future and you you sit in that tension and actually I find it quite um, humbling and quite awe-inspiring hearing you talk about Job and about how that impacts you as you kind of sit in that tension of going, I am still unwell. Lots of us have prayed for a miraculous healing and the miraculous healing hasn't come. Mm -hmm. And yet you speak with passion and just eloquence and such kind of love of God that, you know, is, is really incredible for us to hear. Do you see that? Do you, do you kind of see that in, in the journey that you're in now? Um, does that make sense? Yes. I, I guess so. There have been moments of, of great hope that God has, God has given me those moments of great hope. And seeing you know, the things that he's shown me has given me great hope. And that, that has helped. It hasn't, hasn't solved, haven't solved my problems, but it has, it has helped. So we're going we're gonna to spend some time worshipping in a bit. But where are you now? So it would be good, I guess, for us to pray for you, but also to kind of know, so where, where, where do you feel like you are at this point in your faith? You know, if, if it, today on a good day, in that you're here. <laughs> but, um, you know, where, uh, what's God doing right now, do you think? That's 
That's a really good question. The I've question sprung I, that on. That is I, not on his list of questions that I was given. I'm sorry. It's, it's what I'd really like to know the answer to, if I'm honest. Um, I'd love to know what, what God is doing now and what he's got ahead. I mean, I'm looking at the trajectory of last year and it's been just up and down, up and down. I've had lots of hopes that have been dashed and, and hopes of healing which haven't come and um, facing the future, I, can't, I still can't. Look at look ahead every time. Like when I'm well, I'm fine. I can I can talk happily and I can say I can be really positive. But then I get pulled underwater again, and I can't look look up and say I I I, I don't know. I guess what I would say is one example of what God has done. So God has done a number of things which have given me some level of confidence. So I think first is what He's done is He's He's as, we, as I spoke about, he's provided in my illness. He hasn't taken it away, but he has provided around it. And all the things which I've been provided around it have been perfect. Um, I mean, one example, I came home from seeing the dentist, all the things. And it's just, uh, normally when I go to the dentist, the dentist is not always the, the friendliest person towards me. Our family dentist hasn't always been the most friendly person and you know you go into the room they do their thing and they say right next next person but this time I had a different dentist and the dentist was came in and asked me you know have you got any important medical history and she asked she wanted to know my medical history and she said okay you know she took the time and care to look at my situation so okay I'm going to prescribe you some stronger toothpaste to make sure that your you know the acid isn't causing more problems. She was just like really kind and really, and just seeing that I was like, God has provided for me and all these, a dentist is a small thing, right? I'm only going to see the dentist occasionally, but just one of so many things, God has just provided around it. Then God has limited my illness. He, there, this condition that I've got could be much worse. There, there are ways this situation is, could degrade and it hasn't. God has actually placed limits upon this illness and I've seen that really clearly where it's gone up to a point of difficulty, but more than I can bear, but it has been limited. And there have been points where I've needed to do things, like I, I managed to get an internship over the summer and I needed to go into work, and God just enabled me to go into work that day and do, do a few hours of work. So God has limited it. He's... Um, shown his control over it. When I got offered, I got offered an internship out of the, out of the blue. I, I got rejected from the, all the internships I applied to and this company just offered me one out of the blue. And I just thought, well, this is bittersweet because this is bittersweet because I can't do it. I, I can't work at the moment. And, but I felt like I needed to do it. So I said to them, look, I don't think I can do this job, but I think I can do maybe 20 hours. I just plucked a number out of my head. I worked as hard as I could for the 10 weeks and I managed an average of 21 hours a week. Just, just God just provided in this most incredible way. So th- th- if, if I, there's anything I'd like to say to encourage people for this is that God, God is in control. God limits illness. God provides, God provides within that situation that prayer is powerful and prayer has worked in my life and that there is real real wisdom in the bible that god has walked me through which has been amazingly beneficial and has helped me get through 
So all of those things are things which I would say to anyone who's in this situation and who's looking for direction as to what to go to next. Those things God has led me through and they've helped me massively. And where this goes next, I really don't know. Thank you. Thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. We are in a minute going to take a chance to pray for Joe, but we always ask the people who speak to us to pray for us. And I, I think out of what you've been through, it's really important as well that you, you know, you pray for us and we'd, so we'd love you to do that. And so if you're happy, we'll, we'd love for you to pray for us and then we'd love to pray for you and then we will worship. And during worship, some of you may just be like, you know, that punch in the gut feeling of like, I know I need to get some prayer tonight. We'd love to do that as well. We'd love to pray for anyone here who'd like that. So, Joe, I'm going to let you kick us off with prayer, and then we'll, we'll pray for you. Sure. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we pray to you tonight. And just hold ourselves out to you in the pain and difficult situations that we have in our lives that are often more than we can bear beyond what we can bear on our own. And we ask for your support and your help and your, we invite you into the, these situations in our lives which we just cannot, cannot cope with at all. And it says in Psalms 107 that people just got to their wits end, they're at their wits end and they cried out to the Lord at their wits end and Four times it says God God responded, God God saved them, God brought them into safe harbour. And maybe that's not instant, but I just pray, Lord, that you'll be working in everyone's lives to bring them not only out of the illness, but while they're still in it, while they're still in difficult times, whatever the situation might be, that they might see the stepping stones ahead, the path ahead. They might be able to walk through that and find encouragement from you in your word, in your presence, in your control of this, of whatever their situation is, in your limitation of evil, in your um, provision through those around them, through your, through your word, through, through prayer from other people. And I pray that you'd work through, through the, your, your means of grace to help people find and confidence and the ability to keep taking steps forward, even if there is no end in sight. And I just pray that you would provide healing. You are a God who heals. Even when we don't see that happening, we know, we have heard stories, and we have, some of us have seen healing happen. We know that we always have a hope of healing. We always have a hope in you, even when it ends without a resolution, even when there's no resolution. We know that when we ultimately do die, we have this amazing gift in heaven waiting for us, and that nothing, nothing can separate us from your love. And so I pray, Father, would you bring just a path ahead or a resolution to everyone's situation that they're in, that they may see your hand at work and they allow you to do your, your work in their lives, in their situations. I pray. Amen.